the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, gang. We are back. The Lou Sports Talk Podcast lives on. Season 3 is here, back and better than ever. We took a, big, a, a bit of a hiatus, but we are locked, loaded, and gentlemen, we are ready to go. Season 3, episode yo, yo. 1 begins. Guys, get ready for a lot of Blues Talk. Oh, my gosh. I'm probably not going to say anything. This is probably <laughs> my one time to speak before. Brandon looks like the angry character from Inside Out, only instead of anger, it's hockey knowledge. It's coming out the ears. We, TJ, go ahead and off and uh, go ahead and sign off for the yeah. episode. It's nice talking, guys. See you next episode. <laughs> we will touch on a little bit of our very own St. Louis Battlehawks and St. Louis City SC towards the end of the episode, this one's going to be mostly blues hockey, and before we begin, begin, I am joined, well, as you guys already know, I am joined by two of my dearest friends who are now wearing shirts, thank God, uh, in our previous take <laughs> when we tried this. They, you don't uh, need to talk about it. They, no, they you weren't wearing talk shirts. About it. It's they for the bloopers, shirts, gentlemen. So. Yeah, for the um, bloopers. Brandon, Big Poppy Gallegos, TJ Williamson, gentlemen, hey guys. welcome. What is going on? It's nice to be back. It is. It's a, it is. It's warmer with the shirt on, I'll say that. Yeah. It's nicer. Yeah, was vacation good to you, Ethan? You're oh. looking slim. You're looking slim. What vacation? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. oh man, guys, it, it, we we missed out on all, it, the the way that this kind of shaped out. There was a lot that went on during our hiatus, and we're not going to be able to just pick everything up immediately based off of you know just everything that happened. Cardinals, there sure. was a lot that went on. Blues, there's been a lot going on. We're going to try to unpack a lot of the stuff that's been going on recently with the Blues. And, uh, well, it's a trash dumpster fire as we speak. It may not mm. be in three weeks. We shall see. Well, I guess more like a week and a half now. But yeah. but right now it's been a little bit hectic uh, in the clubhouse, in the locker room, in yeah. the front office for the St. Louis Blues. Um, a couple of guys, a couple of pieces that uh, we, we also love and – and appreciate in St. Louis are uh, oh really they're really they are no more. Yeah, TJ. Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly are no more. <laughs> wearing no longer wearing St. Louis Blues jerseys. <laughs> Dang it. Vlad was traded about a week and a half ago. Oh my God. <laughs> For a first rounder, a conditional 2023 fourth rounder, Sammy Blay, Hunter Skinner. And yeah, that's it. And then, oh, and then Ryan O'Reilly. Mm. My man. Oh, Captain, oh, Captain. Yes. Mikhail Abramov, Adam Gadet, a 2023 first round draft pick, a 2023 third round draft pick, and a 2024 second round draft pick. Honestly. Really, the deals are like are okay themselves. It's more so just sad to see them yeah. go. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, no. I mean, as a fan, we we kind of saw this writing on the wall. Yeah. Right. I mean, Army said it himself that that he the, that he's known for a while that these guys um, that these moves would have to happen. Um, 
I mean, from a from the casual fan standpoint, yeah, sucks really bad. It, I mean, it's it sucks really bad. From uh, from a hockey fan, you see that you, you see what had to happen. Um, I, both of these guys on expiring contracts, uh, their UFAs at the end of the year. Uh, you look at this team, and maybe they get on a run and they get an eighth seed. Um, but do you see this team winning a playoff round? Probably no, not. no, no, no. And I, th- I think also when you keep in mind is, you know, if that would have happened, I think a lot of people even last year were, was it worth it? Was it worth making it to the second round, getting knocked out for sure. you know potentially if there were any pieces yeah. to be sent off? And the same question we're kind of going into the season, like what's going to happen? If we're kind of in that same spot. And this year, I think the good thing that <clears throat> excuse me, Army did mention in his presser after the O'Reilly trade was that well, you know, if this team would have had five more wins, sure, then maybe this is a harder decision to make. Yeah. But because of what I had been seeing on the ice, it wasn't really that hard to make this decision. No, 100%. I mean, Army was put in a spot where he had to make this decision. I mean, this was a good business move. This sets the Blues up for the future. Um, you know, this is this trade is all about the picks and much less about the Sammy Blaze of the deals and the Abramoffs and those type of guys. I mean, this trade is for those draft picks, for those first-rounders. Sure. There's yeah, Those first-rounders, those go on the tool belt, and you you – We'll talk about this a little later, but the Blues have a lot of freedom. They're loaded. A lot of power, a lot of leverage in the entire league now with having three first-round picks. And, and not only that, it's not only the <clears throat> excuse me, the first-round picks. There's several second-rounders that have been acquired. There's several, sure. a couple of third-rounders. So it's not just the first round. Obviously, those are the big ones. Sure. Yeah. But it is there is a plethora of pieces yeah, that they can restocked. work with, whether they – end up drafting using the, those picks yeah. if they want to move some of them. And that's sure. kind of what this this episode's going to be is, you know, trying to figure out where can the Blues go from here. One thing that we do know from the presser that Doug Armstrong mentioned is that he does not want this to be a long rebuild. Yeah. He doesn't want this to be a Buffalo Sabres, a New sure. Jersey Devils, a Detroit, Detroit Red, Red, Red Wings, Red Wings yep. situation where we're looking six or seven years down the road at being competitive. Sure. He compared to the Los Angeles Kings. Sure. That's who we compared to. Which was a one or two year retool. And he said he would even if it was quicker than that. Yeah. He said that he would be fine with that. So, it's going it, to it'll be interesting. I guess the biggest thing for me is that draft picks, as we know, they take time. Yeah. to to progress, to develop, sure. right? Cuz they're young. And yep. this is I mean, it's a very physical game. Even Tage Thompson I mean, Tage Thompson, when we traded him, I mean, yeah. for the first two years of that trade, it was like the Blues were clear winner, absolute steal. Sure. And now, 100%, you could say that both teams won that trade because the Blues ended up winning the Cup. But Tage Thompson is a top 10 hockey player in the league now. Yeah. He is on pace. For the foreseeable he future. is on pace for over 110 points this year. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's going off. So, just to show it takes time sure. for these guys to develop. If you draft. If you use the majority of these draft picks, are you looking at a one to two year rebuild because of how long these these take? So here's the thing to consider. The teams that we got draft picks from are contending for a cup. And so that makes the draft picks that we got from them possibly worse. And so can you get someone that can make an immediate NHL impact mm-hmm. next year with the 25th overall pick potentially. Absolutely. Or, and sure. so those are the questions to ask. Or, or will this be 
a retool, as you guys kept saying on the fly, where we end up using those draft picks to go get someone else? Will we be really investing in our minor league system so that they can get built up? Jake Neighbors maybe takes a step forward. Jordan Cairo gets a little bit more consistent. We just don't know. Sure, yeah, and those are those are some really good points. And, and, and that'll be the big thing to keep an eye on is that from what I've seen from this draft class, sure, there is, there is a – because there's been a lot of talk about this draft class, and a lot of it has to do with Connor Bedard and those yeah. first several guys yep. that are on the board. After that, it seems like it kind of levels out a little bit. So I think that people are – from what I've read, the experts are saying that this is a slightly above average draft class sure. in total. It's just those first several players are loaded. The yeah, odds Connor the Bedard blue- is a generational type player. The, the Connor McDavid's, yes. the Austin Matthews, that's what he's being compared to just for those listeners that are familiar. And the odds of the Blues getting one of those top spots, not out of the picture completely. Right now the Blues, I believe, have the eighth pick if it ended, if the, if things ended today. They'll have a top ten pick. Sure. Okay, they'll have a top ten pick. It'll be really just, you know, as far as lottery goes, as far as all those things go, where do the Blues fit in that? Are they able to get one of those higher-level guys with their own pick? But, like you said, if you are looking to, you know, be a little quicker, maybe you're looking to trade that pick. Yeah, it's interesting. We're in a, we're in a time, too, where, especially when we're recording, we're in a waiting season because mm-hmm. we're coming up on the deadline. Sure. And Army has more decisions to make about guys like Barbashev and guys like Pareko and what are we going to do with our decor. We have a lot of money locked up in our top four, D, top four D-men. And, so, and we're going to dive into that later. But I think it's weird because we're in this we're in the season where, really, it comes down to what is the decision that Army's going to make is there more moves to come? So we're kind of bouncing all which is crazy to say. We're kind of bouncing all over the place with this episode because there's so much to talk about. So yeah. I want to I want to jump real quickly back on Ryan O'Reilly because there's talks like you mentioned Brandon that he could end up back in St. Louis. Yeah. What what do you guys think about the potential I guess the likeliness of a return for for the Blues former captain? Uh, there's a lot of hope. St. Louis is, we love Ryan O'Reilly. Amen. We love him. Amen. Yeah. I bought a Jersey. I want him coming back. Me too. I want him back. Realistically though, I think that, um, he, he, he was not as productive as we wanted him to be while he was in St. Louis defensively, never really missed a step offensively though. Points wise, we really needed him to fill a what gap. What happens when you don't re-sign David Perron? Stop! Stop! Stop. We Stop love that it. in season two. Stop we love that. that in season two, Stop Ethan. That right continue, now. continue, continue. Um, all I was gonna add is that I think that because of the lack of production we saw in him last year, we traded him for a first-round pick. It feels like we really got all we could out of him, and so at this point in Ryan O'Reilly's career, I don't know if he's exactly thinking I need to be the top guy on the team. I think he's thinking, where do I feel the most at home? Mm. And so could I see him taking a discount? Absolutely. I also wouldn't put it out of reach to say that he's probably going to want money. You know, if he was viewed as a first round pick caliber player, then I don't, I don't see. Throw into that. Now he's playing with Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews and John Tavares. So his, his production his like that. He's around is much, much higher. So it's going to make his numbers look better meaning that there will be teams out there that are going to be willing to offer more money than the Blues. Oh, 100%. Like, so you could also look at it as, hey, this is my last big contract. I'm going to I'm gonna bring it home as far as money-wise. Yeah, and, and here's my thing. I think offensively, I know you guys will disagree with this. I mean, he's been the player he's always been. 
He's been the 20 to 25 guy, goal scorer guy. He's been a, a leader on your team. And he, he's been your identity as, as a team. He, he's been the guy that in the postseason, you're putting him out there against the top player. Yeah. And that's his role. And there's very few guys out there like that. There's a Patrice Bergeron out there. There's not a Landis Gog that's similar. Yeah, not for long. There's a Landis Gog that's similar. There's a Joe Pavelski that's similar. Very few players are that guy. And so you look at the score sheet and you're going, yeah, man, I mean, he's going to get overpaid. All free agents get overpaid. The only way O'Reilly comes back is if the Blues are a competitor or if the Blues are a competitive team. I. So with that being said, I think this offseason, this upcoming trade deadline decides that for O'Reilly. Sure. That's a good point. I think if the Blues are aggressive, they've been in talks with certain players that we're going to be talking about later in the podcast. They've been in some talks about maybe they buy at the deadline, so they're a seller and a buyer. Mm-hmm. I think I think for O'Reilly, in order for him to take a team discount, he's going to want to be a part of a team that's heading towards the Stanley Cup, especially towards the end of his career. I, I don't – I mean, you've seen it already in Toronto. You're right. He has been playing – to the level that he's capable of. Everybody on this Blues team has underperformed this year, and I just think it's unfair to say that he's heading towards a negative trajectory of his career because I just, I really don't see that in him, and I, and I, I definitely want him back. Um, but, you know, I mean, you look at the entire roster. You look at guys like the entire top six, um, Shin, Buchnevich, all those guys. There's been underperformances across the board. Sure. Um, and so I, I would love a player like him back. I just think what it's going to take is, is for him to take a – it's going to take a couple things. It's going to take him taking a discount because you're right. Yo, th- if this is a money conversation, the Blues aren't even close. Mm-hmm. It won't happen. No. Um, but he could take a team-friendly deal, come back, and want to play for uh, a, a place that he loved to play at and a place he didn't want to leave. Sure. I mean, he said it himself. The only thing I would even say against that would be that if he is a leader, I would expect him to adjust with how the team is. Like, a leader would step up and say, sure. I need to be more offensive yeah. and maybe make more goals. So, yes, whereas I would say he has stayed the same caliber player, the same type of player, yeah. I would have expected him to kind of hold Kyrou's hand, Thomas's hand a little bit more, lead the offense a little bit more so they can take secondary third roles. But I also understand that's not his role. So. Sure. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on, uh, and I, I think that people, I think what has lessened the hurt of the trade of seeing him go more so that, that, that not that the value's bad, because the value's good. Great. Like what they got back. It was phenomenal. More so just seeing him go. I think yeah. that's what's making that less no, was, painful. Is saying, we were okay, bummed what, out. What, maybe, he come back, maybe he comes back, right? So yeah. that'll be interesting. To, and, and Army's been known to do that. I mean, yes, David Perron's David played Perron. with us for seven times. <laughs> and because the Blues the Blues have been known to listen to our podcast, in case people haven't known. Yeah. They've been known to listen to our podcast. Sure. Ryan O'Reilly, if you're listening right now, we do not blame you if you go elsewhere. We'd yeah. love for you to have you back, but we understand if you take the money elsewhere. Says you. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Two out of three of us understand. Brandon, you threw a really – I think you. I think it was Brandon. Correct me if I'm wrong. Give me a slap on the hand if I'm wrong, TJ. But, Brandon, you threw a really interesting question in, in here um, the other day talking about who is Doug Armstrong going to be keeping a closer eye on sure. going into for the remainder of the season, yeah. even if it's – for the next couple of weeks for a potential trade, but even yeah. if it's to the off season for a trade or something, um, I really liked that question because he talked about how kind of everyone right now is on, you know, nobody, almost like a nobody safe thing right now. Everyone's sure. on the hot seat. Absolutely. Except for, I guess you're no trade clause guys. Absolutely. Um, but it, it kind of brought up this, okay, well who is specifically to, that could potentially lead to more trades is Doug Armstrong looking at closely right now. Is there anyone that you guys have in mind that, 
that you think right now clearly stands out as like, okay, this guy needs to be watched for a potential trade of this guy or that guy? Yeah, I, I think it's it's Colton Pareko. I mean, that's the player that's been coming up in all the news lately. It's Colton Pareko, and and teams like Ottawa are looking at him um, because uh, he, you know, on paper he's a young, he's I wouldn't he's not a young defenseman anymore. He's in the middle of his career. 30, yeah, and um and but he is a valuable piece to a team on paper. I mean, you see what he brings to the table. His the 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 physical play that he could have but hasn't had the just overall the a right-handed top four demon is valued sure. in the league um but he's underperformed and and his game has not looked good honestly the past year and a half it really has not looked good defensively um he's always been that stay-at-home d that we've loved um i mean you remember at the beginning of the year there was some un beginning of his career there were some unfair expectations of a chris pronger comparison things of that nature. He's not that. Okay. We've established that he's not that player, but over the next week or so, I I'm interested to see how Colton Pareko responds. Cause this is the first time in his career that his name's been brought up into the rumor mill. And, and it's, it's probably even, even more surprising with how big of a contract he's on right now too. What, no, 100%. I, I think here, here's the reason I think Pareko's name's getting brought up more than Krug. Uh, is because of the contract. Well, it's because of the no and, trade and the clause. Injury. Well, sure, it's no trade clause, but it's also if you're moving a Krug, uh, there's also going to be some teams that are like looking to make the playoffs, looking to make a push. He could waive it for that. But teams that are in the hunt right now, they sure. don't they don't want a Krug because of his contract, because of his injuries, um, and so Pareko's names came up uh, has been coming up, um, and it. It sucks. It sucks to talk about. These are guys that won, won us a cup. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, so, yeah. and just to give an idea, Colton Pareko is on, is getting a uh, paid $6.5 million um, AAV until 2030. Um, and like we've mentioned, you know, a little bit of a bad rap at times. He's a big guy, but he doesn't necessarily hit people. Sure. big thing is he had a wicked slap shot. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not shooting. Yeah. Or he's not scoring, at least. Yeah. So the problem is that, okay, well, if you're not going to do this, then you need to do this. Well, but he's not doing this. And, well, right? and, and he, he also needed to be the guy that was a net front presence and, and moved moved players out of the way and allowed Bennington to see a shot. Yeah. And he hasn't been that guy. You look at Bortuzzo, he's got that body. He moves guys out of the way. He, yeah. he is the guy who's going to rough it up, and that hasn't been Pareko. There's been many a times where he is allowed – Players to be right in front of our net, and it's just it's it's been hard. So here's my here's Colton Pareko is one of my guys as well. Here's my other one, Scott Prunovich. Interesting. Here's my thoughts on Prunovich. I'm keeping a close eye on him because, as we know, last season in the time that Krug missed, Prunovich looked good in yeah. his in his limited time on the ice. He was the QB of the power play. Um, very similar player to Krug. His sure. biggest issue is he kind of like Krug. He just can't stay healthy, right? Yeah. But he's younger. He's cheaper. Sure. So if I'm Doug Armstrong right now. As I am looking to kind of re- rebuild sure. quickly, right? Scott Perunovich is a guy, now that he's he's coming off the long-term IR. Yep. He's so in Springfield he's, right now. He's probably going to, it won't be long, especially with Krug yeah. leaving the game early against Carolina a couple days ago. Like We don't know what his status is. There is an opening potentially for Perunovich if he continues to get his legs yeah. back to see some time with the Blues, I think. Brunovich impresses and can stay healthy. I think that that is even more of a okay. We're shopping Tory Krug. 
So that's that's my in my mind is not necessarily a are we looking to move Perunovic because I don't think his value is much right now. No. But if Perunovic can impress, I think that it leaves you a little bit more comfortable potentially moving on from a Tory Krug or trying to shop him. You're talking at the deadline? At the deadline or in the offseason? I, yeah. I think it'll be uh, let me let me say this. It'll be too quick but to buy the deadline. Yeah, I, I think he will by not the be up but potentially because I mean Krug's gonna be I mean, that contract's gonna keep him here for years. So yes. we're not looking at, oh, having to get him out by the deadline. But an off season an off season trade, I think you are keeping a very close eye on what Scott Brunovic can do for you. Um, because that's gonna tell you your value with Tory Krug, especially if he can't stay healthy. Yeah, I have a tough time comparing the two players. I do think they're a similar style of play. I I just think Perunovic hasn't proved himself. I mean, Krug no, has been a proven NHL player. That's why I'm for looking closely time. at him. That's why I'm looking sure. closely at him. No, for sure. I I, I just think it, there, right now there's not a market for him. You know, and so he's got to play for there to be a market for him. Sure. And I mean, I, I I see your point. I think I think we might. I think we could be a deadline away from from Krug being moved. I could see him if he can play a half year healthy next season. Um, and if the Blues aren't contention, we hope they are. But if they aren't by next season, next year, maybe he's getting moved. I, yeah, I, I, that I like Perunovic though. Perunovic, yeah, he, they they just uh, did a short term loan, which that's hockey talk. They just loaned him to Springfield for a week, so he's going to be down there till at least twenty eighth, twenty ninth of February. Interesting. But yeah. So, wait, the twenty ninth of February is this a leap year? Oh, wait, 28th. No, it's okay. No, go back. No, is it a leap year? I'm curious. Be I'm genuinely boom. curious. I don't think it's a leap year. Okay, then the 28th of February. That's okay. Just the end of the month. Don't yeah. leave it in there, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Yep. So I think that we've gotten to the point with Blues Talk where there's really only one big thing left to cover. I'll leave you guys. Where do you, where do you want to start? Where, where do you want to start? Uh, TJ, go. Let, I got a cool let's have one. Some <laughs> uh, let's start with Chickaroo. I, I think that... Uh, <laughs> Chickaroo seems a little less risky. Seems a little bit easier to get. Um, seems like a safer buy. I feel like Timo Meyer, you're giving up more. You're saying we want to kind of compete more sure. soon. And we already kind of have solid defensemen. So I was actually more intrigued that Chickaroo's name was still coming up. Let's give a quick. So Jacob Chickaroo is a defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes right now. Yes. Um, he is has two years remaining on his contract. Yeah. Four point six million dollar AAV. So when you said less of a risk, you're probably you're. I think they're still looking. What I saw was that they are looking to again I compared to say, Timo Meyer. Yes, I'm. Yes, I believe that they are looking to give up, or they want back. I'm sorry. A hold on, I'm pulling this up really quick because I just saw it the other day. They are looking, I believe, to get back a first rounder. This says two first, two round. first round. Yeah, picks. two first rounders. <laughs> And Come a prospect on. or a prospect. Oh, it's steep. Hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, no. Come on, Chikrin. Pro Chikrin people. Go Shut ahead. Up. Tell me how Shut steep up. it is to get Jacob Chikrin. Two first-round picks or a first and a prospect that would equal a first. So the, the ask is still high, but... but It's, it's a joke. Mm, okay, slow down here, big fella. It's okay? a joke. It's still... The man hasn't it, stayed on the ice since... It is not a safer, it it is is not a safer trade whatsoever. Okay. You know, they, okay. So, uh, no, I, I, no, I agree with you, though, TJ. I think mm-hmm. it is a safer trade. I because, disagree with both of you. Because here's the thing, is with Timo Meyer, either way, you're going to be giving up a lot. The difference is, is with Timo Meyer, you are going to have to jump through 67 hoops to be able to make the cap situation work. I That's disagree. not going to be... That, how? I that just, is so they've, the case. Army's already said he's going to move... It, the, 
they will move a top four demon. Even if they do, it'll still be tight. No, it will absolutely no, it will not. It will still be no, it, tight. It will. It will not Wait, be Brandon, tight. Brandon, are you talking about this season it being tight or next season next trying season, to resign ne- Timo? Next season, next season, it will not be tight. You have guys coming off the books. You have Scandella, who they're they're gonna find a trade for. He's not, he's not gonna be on our roster next season. If he is. He's $2 million. You have guys like Pareko. They're six mil off the board just like that. Six mil gone. You, you ha- still only three, have, you three have 14 f- players signed for next season. So it's not just that. You have a lot of space left that you still have to fill up for the remainder of your roster. And then who's filling Pareko's spot on the ice? You have plenty. You have Rosen. Jake you, Chicken. Stop. <laughs> Rosen. Let's get them both. Yeah. Rosen, Perunovic. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's go through it. You would have Letty and Folk. You would have Rosen, Perunovic, Bertuzzo. Let's say Scandella's still on the team. Oh, come on. Let, let, let's he, say he's still on the team. It. He's gone, and you know it. Let's say he's still on the team. I, you have Tyler Tucker, who's going to come up, and he's going to be a stud. You have a couple guys down in Springfield who can come up and play. How do you feel about those six? I, pers- <laughs> personally, here, here's where I'm at. Okay, so you get Chikrin. So you get Chikrin. So who, who are the forwards you're going to go get and fill? Who are, who are you going to have play with Kyrou and Thomas? Who are you going to have? Question. The thing is, is that the Blues have no defensive prospects, and I'm not saying that. Uh, yes, we absolutely do. Not compared. Perunovic and Tucker are often. You've been saying it yourself the entire podcast that we I'm have. I'm intrigued by Perunovic, but you also said that you can't. We we can't necessarily trust him. I say we can't trust him compared to Krug. He's not a Tory Krug yet. Okay, so here's uh, the prospects that we have on the offensive side. We compared- also have to remember three to four million dollars in cap space coming to every team in the NHL next year. That's that's a, that's a good point. That's, that's another thing point. being added to it. The prospects on the offensive side, neighbors, Bull Duke. Is it Snuggerud? Is that how you say it? Snuggerud. Yeah, come on now, Snuggerud, baby. Jimmy S. Jimmy baby. S. Baby. Just call him Jimmy S. It Jimmy makes S. It sound cool. Jimmy. So, so people don't know, Jimmy Snuggerud was the. Blues first round pick in last year's NHL draft. Monster. He plays at the University of Minnesota right now. And at the World Juniors that happened this past winter, he was clearly named as the second most impressive player there behind Connor Bedard, who is unanimously going to be the first yeah, overall. The generational so, talent we were talking about yes, earlier. So yes. Jimmy Snuggerud is there's a lot of hype around him. So my argument, Brandon, is that even if this isn't next year, like even if it's the following year, there's more buildup of there's more potential buildup in the prospect pool for the Blues. Sure, because of those guys that are on the come up. Jake Neighbors, you said he was going to be a th- yeah. You said he was going to be that twenty twenty five goal guy this year. He's not, but maybe he is next year, or sure. maybe he continues to build yes. those steps. So I think that the Blues have more in the system, um, and I would think it is safer because the cap will be less difficult to work through if you get a Jacob Chikrin. I'm saying that for the potential of a quicker rebuild and finding other pieces to fill in, I think it makes sense. Now, you made a good point. Jacob Chikrin has been on the injured track at times in his career. He's young, though. He's very, very young. young. He's only been in the league for three years? Yeah, well, yes, to, to the point, three full seasons. He yes. came up midseason three and a half years ago, but yes. When he has been healthy, he's looked really good. He, he has, but here's my thing. You have guys like Justin Folk who ca- who have underperformed this year. Man, he, I love him because he was back in he Carolina last year. where he sh- like the team struggled. He's been a star there. Then he comes to St. Louis towards the back end of the Blues window, and now he's going through some le- losing again. Folk, at the top of his top of his game, can be a top two guy. Letty, I love Letty's game. He is a Berube-style player. 
That is that that man lockdown defense, state home defense. He's going to fill the role that Pareko should have with the state home guy. I, Chikrin to me is too much. I know he has upside. He's too much of a lateral move. He's too much of a lateral move. We've had high upside demon that are young guys like Pareko, who we thought were going to be something. And Pareko's turned out to be a decent top four guy. And I'm not saying Chikrin isn't a top two defenseman. I'm just saying I don't think our need right now is is our demon. We have demon to fill those roles. I think if you want to retool on the fly, you have to replenish your forwards. And here's the thing: you want O'Reilly to come back. He's not coming back because we re-signed Jacob. If you look at if you look at this roster, Thomas and Cairo, they're not your leaders in the room. And you've seen it now since O'Reilly and Tarasenko have been traded. Colorado bullied Cairo every time he touched the puck. He he had no space, and that's how it's going to be the rest of the season. Because there's going to be no support. Those guys, they need t- more time to develop, and they're not your star going to build right now this season off of those two guys. It's just not going to happen. They've proven that on the ice. Watch the way they play. Do you think Kyrou and Thomas are going to be your guys right now? Ka- Kyrou and Thomas? Yeah. No, but I didn't okay. I didn't think they were going to be at the beginning of the year either. And that's why I wanted David Perron to be re-signed over like, Nick oh, Letty. A 34-year-old <laughs> winger. On a two-year deal. We need leadership. Then what? <laughs> then what? You, th- then it's the same exact roster you're pulling out from last year. Okay, so do you think David Perron over? He's the only. Do you think David Perron no, overperforms no, this year? The, I, okay, okay. Part, okay. Part okay. of this is part of this is messing with you. Part of this is, and I said this. I said this last night in discussion with someone. I said, not re-signing David Perron was the first thing that started the trickle effect of everything. Completely else disagree. That's fine. We don't completely have time to, disagree. We don't have time to talk about it next now. week. Uh, that <laughs> might be the worst take you've ever made, Ethan. That's uh, you can say that. I would strongly disagree. Ethan's going to edit the it worst out. Take. Ethan's going to edit it out. I promise. <laughs> so I will. I promise. I will not. I will. I will die on that hill. Stop okay. it. All let's right. Let's go ahead and let's get into quickly some some St. Louis Battlehawks because we have a few minutes. Well, we go a little long. That's okay. I'm That's not all right. worried about it. Episode one. Yeah, baby. Okay, so TJ, sure. You've been quiet over there. I have. It's been <laughs> nice to hear you guys. Though. It's that been was cool. intense. That, that was, was fun. I'm sweating. Not even, good stuff. I'm not even. TJ, you've been one of the more intense XFL followers that I have witnessed. Kaka. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, talk to us about this this first game that they had this past week. What a game. Yeah. What a finish. I'll say that. I, what a finish. Yeah, you I was said, say that was sprinkles I, on I a am, turd of a game. I, 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 I am one of the more extreme XFL pro guys. I fell asleep twice during the game. Going to be real. Um, <laughs> Sound the crickets, Ethan. Sound I, the crickets. <laughs> guys, can we, I say that, can we be honest? That was a tough first half. That was a tough first half. It was yeah. a tough 50 one. yards and three quarters for AJ McCarron. Holy cow. That was really bad. I will say, though. <laughs> the Rock was just squirming. This is booth. what the XFL wants. The XFL knows that the quality of talent is not there, and so they have to dress it up with these awesome rule changes, these cool things. Fourth and 15. Fourth and 15. So I guess my question, really quick for you guys, is initial thoughts on the 4th and 15. Give us a quick, give, for the people that don't know sure, what sure. happened, give a quick rundown so, of what happened. So to like just first three quarters, Battlehawks were not showing any life at all against the San Antonio Brahmas, led by Heinz Ward. They showed a lot of Heinz Ward face during that game. I don't know why. Because it's but, Heinz Ward. He's yeah, he's got a nice smile. The, he's got a nice smile. He's got a big noggin. And I can say that. He's well known. People know who he is. He is well known. Um and eventually Tra- trailing 15 to three with three minutes left. Yes. 15 to three, three minutes left. Battlehawks get the ball 
take it down, drive it down for a touchdown. I believe it was Austin Prohl that got. Yep. No, no, no. It was uh, Hakeem Bryant. Hakeem Bryant got yes, the first sorry. touchdown. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And they got the first ever three point conversion of the season. Pretty sorry. cool. So nine point swing, three point game left with a minute and twenty ish seconds wow. yeah, a and a left half. in the game. And AJ McCarron led the Battle Hawks all the way down um, with a couple of pretty awesome. Converted plays. on a fourth down. Started with Converted a fourth, on a fourth and fifteen. Yes. Yep. So instead of instead of there being an onside kick to get the ball back if you're behind and no timeouts or whatever. Instead, they allow you to do a fourth and 15 from, I believe, the 20-yard line. And if you get it successful, 25, 25 from the 25-yard line, if you get it successful, you keep the ball wherever you caught the ball and you continue on with the drive. And that's exactly what the Battlehawks did. Austin Pearl came up really big in those drives. One fourth and 15 catch and then a touchdown catch to steal the game. The greatest show on turf days. Yeah, just to, for those that don't know, Austin Pearl is the son of Ricky Pearl who caught the game-winning touchdown in the NFC Championship in 1999 on the great the greatest show on turf to, yep. that led the Rams to the Super Bowl. I was there. Shut, shut I was up. a baby. Shut up. Were you actually? Yeah. My mom was pregnant. She was at the game. That's awesome. Yeah. Juanita. <laughs> um, Born and bred. So, super cool St. Louis connection yes. there. Um, and the, the Battle Hawks won their first game. Yeah, and we have our we have our second game coming up against the Seattle Sea Dragons, and that'll be cool. Uh, <laughs> so it sounds like a Madden 2000 made-up league. It does. You, you asked about the 4th and 15 rule, though. Yeah. I feel like maybe it gets more heat or less heat. I don't. I just what didn't do know you, what you guys do you think about it, TJ? Uh, compared to the USFL, the other affiliated league, Who? So, exactly. They have a fourth and twelve rule for onside kicks. So instead of fourth and fifteen, it's fourth and twelve. That's even more realistic that it happens. And so it seems like it's really just against the defense with an offensive league that's leaning more and more offense. Um, the point of the league is to give purpose to the players that are trying to get back in the NFL. And to entertain the fans. And I think it does both by giving offensive players more of a chance to commit these big plays, clutch plays, where an A.J. McCarron could be seen as clutch. That might interest some teams. And then um, on the other side, it's more entertaining for the fans. So I am very pro 4th and 15 call. I don't know if it would be good in the NFL, but, uh, yeah, 4th and 15. The XFL is good. Entertainment-wise, too. Yes. I mean, the goal of the game, the the purpose of it, right, is, is, yes, you want these players to have opportunities, you can't get opportunities if the league isn't making money. And yeah. things like this, you know, add entertainment, add interest. Come on, Goodell. Amen. Come on. Yeah. I, so I, I love it. Yeah. I think that from a entertainment aspect, if you're a San Antonio Brahmas fan, you're probably like, this is stupid. This is a this is a terrible rule. But but from an entertainment aspect, the game is never necessarily over. Yeah. I mean, this game was all but wrapped up. Plus, you, so I love it. Plus, you got to you got to also remember a fourth and fifteen call with minor league football players is harder than it actually seems. Sure. So that's another thing to consider. Brandon, any other thoughts uh, on the Battle Hawks? We can cut it if you don't want to say anything. Kaka. Okay. All right. Kaka. Um. So, like I said, yeah, the last couple of minutes of this, we're going to be very scattered. Wanted to touch on the Battle Hawks. Wanted to touch on St. Louis City SC. More of just an update. Um. Wow. It's finally here. It's Isn't here. That crazy. Let's go. St. Louis City SC's first game coming up. Come on now. On, well, this on Saturday. Yeah. February 25th against Austin FC. That's yeah. going to be fun. And then the first home game coming up on March 4th against Charlotte. That's Everybody really cool. needs to go out and get a Kyle Hebert jersey, number 22. Yes. He's going to be the guy we root for this season. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Love it. Well, Guys, several. this was a super fun Dense. podcast. Yeah. Oh, it was, was intense. I'm it still was steaming. 
Yeah, yes. I love it. David Perron. Stop <laughs> it. You brought up that time. <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun um, a fun season. There's gonna be a we're gonna continue just building this up. Gonna continue with good talks. The Cardinals are also starting up as well. We didn't even touch on them at all. So that's gonna be coming. So be sure to um, keep posted. Um, by following our social medias at Come on now. Blue Sports Talk underscore. Um, yeah. Anything else I'm missing, gents? There's no, no, no giveaways. No, no giveaways right now. None of that stuff. No, that no. It's keep early. an eye out for guests later keep in the season. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Season, season trace. Yes. For sure. Yeah. So follow the socials for more information on that, more posts. It's like going to get better and better and better. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for this one. That's a wrap. Yeah.